This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. So Duke and Carolina play Saturday night in the Final Four. That's what I hear. How about that? I love it. I do. This, you know, 257 times they've played, right? We've gone yep. through all the accolades, yada, yada, yada. They've done yep. this, they've done that. They got every box known to man checked, but they didn't have this box checked. Nope. Playing in the NCAA tournament. Now, you, they you were in the 1991 ago. Final Four, mm-hmm. but they never saw each other. Right. We talked about that game the other day on the show. Uh, Pete Pavia throws Dean Smith out of the game. Roy Williams coaching Kansas. That was the first game. Mm-hmm. Second game was Big Bad Mighty Vegas mm-hmm. and Duke. And to me, I said this to you, that was, to me, the moment for Coach K and Duke. They upset Vegas. They go on to beat Roy Williams in Kansas. Right. He wins his first national championship. And that, to me, is when it really just got started. Everybody thinks it was 86 and they lost to Louisville. It had been building and building and building. Right. But when K got his first, the first of five, uh, it was game on. And here we go again. You know, it's it's Kansas, it's Duke, it's Carolina. I mean, it's kind of eerie, isn't it? Oh, it's Carolina, it's Villanova. Yeah, but just talking about back ninety one. Oh, ninety one, absolutely. Yes. Here we are, fast forward into K's last year. Mm-hmm. There's Kansas on the other side. It's Duke, it's Carolina. I mean, it's kind of weird. It's kind of goofy. And it's New Orleans, where Carolina's won twice, eighty two and ninety three, on bizarre timeouts. Unbelievable. Right? We had yes. the timeout deal routine. He had the Freddie Brown throwing it to the wrong guy. Michael Jordan making a big shot. And, and here's the interesting part. Saturday at the Final Four has kind of become kind of this weird, balky thing in the last few years. And now all of a sudden it's got like hyper juice in it, right? Because we're going to spend a ton of time, obviously, on Carolina Duke this week. But then the other side is, too, you talked about Villanova. They're the team of the last decade. Yes. In terms of Final Fours yeah, and Jay, national championships. Jay Wright makes his his fourth appearance. Right. Bill Self makes his fourth appearance in the Final Four. I mean, you start talking about the tradition as Kansas basketball. I mean, we get all caught up in the in Duke Carolina. Sure. And there's others in this league. But this is, a, this is the basketball league. Don't mistake that. Uh, but you go through the tradition that is Kansas basketball. You'll take a step back and go, that's pretty impressive. Sure. I mean, it's an incredible place for a game. Everything else. And then Villanova. I mean, hey, we know about what happened in 85, right? The, right. the quote-unquote perfect game. Riley Massimino knocks off Georgetown. And here comes Jay Wright, right? Good-looking guy. Incredibly, he's just as gregarious, as nice a guy as you ever want to meet. And oh, by the way, a great basketball coach yeah. with a program that's all about culture, right? They just do it the right way. They won two national titles in 2016 and 2018, and now they're back again. And I gave you the stat earlier today. Last time we saw a conference put two teams on the men's side in the Final Four was the ACC. That was in 2016. Mm-hmm. Guess what happened? That was a year that Villanova was in the Final Four. It wasn't an ACC team cutting down the net. It was Villanova. Right. Here we go again. we got two ACC teams in, and Villanova sitting there on the other side. Now, granted, no Justin Moore. That's a problem. We'll have to deal with it. Kansas playing good basketball, the only one seed that's left. Uh, this is, like I said earlier, it's my kind of Final Four because you've got so much royalty rolling in there to play all right let's take temperature on fan bases though monday will be different than friday uh you said this a moment ago there's some fans both schools don't want this to happen never wanted to see this never game. wanted to see this game on this stage there were people anxious 31 years ago in indianapolis when this was going on 91 91 was my favorite final four ever 
but they've never met in 36 trips. By the way, this on the screen is a great bar bet because we're going to finally see Duke, North Carolina, and then a lot of folks are going, oh, what's the next longest one? Well, there's, there's your there answer. There it is. Kentucky, Purdue. Speaking Syracuse, of the Wildcats. <laughs> Uh, Kentucky, I'll tell you what, Kentucky fans have to be going, man, is, is somebody playing a joke on us this week? Yeah. Kansas passes us in all-time wins. Carolina passes us all-time tournament wins. Your 30-year anniversary of Duke beating us. I mean, Kentucky's right. got to feel like, hey, man, enough already. Yeah. We're already embarrassed that we lost to St. Yeah. Peter's. Well, here's the thing. Last night, I just put a very, what I thought was an innocent tweet out by saying, hey, let me acknowledge that 10 years ago, Kentucky and Louisville – played in the Final Four. That was kind of the – so Carolina and Duke aren't breaking ground here, but this is going to be something. Saturday night's a long way off. And the responses I got from Carolina and Duke fans were like, why are you comparing us to Louisville and Kentucky? I wasn't. I was just saying that Louisville and Kentucky played 10 years ago in the Final Four. Just acknowledging, you know, we're much better rivalry than that one. No question. That's not an indictment of Carolina Duke by using Louisville and Kentucky. Is it the best conference rivalry ever to be staged on the Final Four platform? Maybe. It's a it's a it's a good discussion. It's Carolina not a discussion. The answer is yes. The answer is yes. I mean, it's not, it's, it's not even a debate. Is there? Because I can't think. I mean, even when Georgetown Villanova played it's in '85, that wasn't close. Not a debate. Right. Conference wasn't old enough. Right. And it don't uh, ACC guys. Guys, it's not a debate. Right. Same close. So the the rivalry that's been put in front of you for Saturday night is the premier basketball rivalry, maybe one of premier sports rivalries. No question. And now all of a sudden it goes to the national stage in the biggest building it's ever been played in. And yet there's this nervous feeling about it. Now, if you're Carolina, you won the one you wanted to win for the rest of your lives, Coach K's last home game. And there was some barking from that one. Yeah, there was. A lot of it. There was barking to the point where, you know what, you'll never get a chance to, uh, to top this one. Okay. Hold my beer. Now, the only way you could top it would be Monday night, but right. you can prevent the other guy from going to Monday night in this game. And, oh, by the way, a guy who's on the Rushmore coaching is retiring. So if you're Duke, you can write the ending to reduce the sting of Cameron, right? Would you say eliminate it? I'm not sure you no, say eliminate. No, never eliminate it because that one you take to your grave. Right. But you know what? I say it all the time, man. March matters. The, okay. you know, this is all about banners now. This is uh, ultimate bragging rights. And if K runs the table, makes it six, uh, you know that'll get reminded. To sure. Six. Right. We, we couldn't won six without beating you. That's how that goes. And Correct. If you're Carolina, they've won six, right? Right. You go up there and look at the banners again. I, that's why I love this. That's why I love this Final Four. I keep telling you, you walk into the other guy's gym and look up. Right. You'll understand why this is a big deal. Correct. But North Carolina's got a chance to do something. Like, yeah, you know, for fun, we just eliminated John Cameron Knight. And you know what? We caught you the Final Four, too. I mean, th- this one's got all in chips. This right. is what this is all in. America gets to see the regular season matchups because of what ESPN has done with the platform, certainly of the game and things like that. You and I got to see the ones in the 70s and the 80s, which, by the way, after NC State, post-75 and early 80s when Krzyzewski was building, about 84, Carolina Duke really started to become a thing. And then it went national. You remember that in the early 90s. It became a national staged event seemingly twice a year in the regular season. ACC tournaments are fine, but there was always the next event, right? And the ACC tournaments, we found out through the documentary, does count. 
this is different. <laughs> Especially here. I, I don't normally do this. I'm going to give you a, one of those stupid hot takes. Because uh, I thought about this as soon as all this started happening after the first TV timeout yesterday and Cinderella was out. I think, in my opinion, just my opinion, yeah. as far as ACC basketball goes, this game Saturday with Duke and North Carolina in the national semis is the most highly anticipated ACC in the NCAA Final Four game since David Thompson and NC State played UCLA and Greensboro in the national semis. In 1974. Now, all the teams that have had an ACC stamp that have made it to the Final Four, this game Saturday will be the biggest one since 74 when NC State and David Thompson got a rematch with UCLA in the semis. What would have been close to 74 prior to Saturday? Vegas and Duke? Yeah. I think it's 91. Okay. Because of what Vegas did to Duke. Right. And Georgia Tech, ironically, the year before in Denver. And they obliterated them. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, they obliterated Duke. And that's what made, in my opinion, for in my lifetime, the 91 Final Four to me was the best one I've ever seen. Because you had Duke and Carolina and Kansas. Right. And then big, bad, mighty Vegas. I mean, the combination of teams mm-hmm. for that Final Four had everything. You had the New Bloods, who were the baddest boys on the planet. You had all the old school blue bloods, right? Mm-hmm. Then you had the Dean Smith tossing. K wins his first. I mean, that 91 Final Four was magical as far as storylines and can you believe. And Roy Williams is coaching Kansas. Right. You're looking back and how that now turned out with Roy going to Carolina and having incredible success. Seeing Roy watch Hubert and having tears down his eyes watching his guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything about that. But the 74, for folks that are old enough, the anticipation of David Thompson, Tommy Burroughs, Monty Tao seeing John Wooden and UCLA, a team that had beaten them earlier in St. Louis. You're coming to Greensboro. The run of John Wooden, the legendary John Wooden. Could NC State finally figure it out? And they looked like they were dead in the water. Overtime games, the whole thing. It had everything. Right. The anticipation. I still remember that as a kid. Oh, my God. UCLA, NC State. It's going to feel that way this week for me with Duke Carolina for the first time ever seeing each other in a national semifinal. So I'll I'll let you marinate on that hot take. All right. Speaking of uh, the Final Four in the ACC, uh, here is the way that it shapes up. These are the Final Four matchups between ACC teams. I remember that 81 semifinal. Al Wood went for 39. I want to get Al Wood on the show this week. Gray, Georgia, Jones County High School, right? Remember 39 for Al Wood? 81, semifinals. Remember the Maryland-Duke game? Maryland led by how many, Pack? A ton, 20-something. 20-some points first half. Duke rallied to beat the Terps. Uh, And then the semifinals in Houston at NRG. That was Cinderella-Syracuse, the 10 seed. Carolina had a halftime lead and extended it early second half. By the way, since 2002, I was looking this up yesterday just out of curiosity's sake. We've had a lot of two teams from one league in the Final Four mm-hmm. this century. Um, this will be the 14th time uh, since, uh, I think the 14th time since 99 that we've had two teams. But eight of the last 10 times, hear me out now, eight of the last 10 times, that's in this century, that we've had two teams from one conference make it to the Final Four. Eight of the 10 times, Neither one of them mm-hmm. have won the title. So the, we're going to talk a lot about Duke Carolina. 
The object is for one of these four to cut down the nets. Right. And it's cool to have two in. Hopefully we get two in tonight from the ACC for the women's side with NC State and Louisville. But that doesn't guarantee that you're going to win the title. The object of the day is to win the national championship. So eight of the last ten have been a no-go for folks who've got two of the four right. in the final four. Just saying. And old Kansas is just sitting over here. Kansas is off their best game, of the, best game of the tournament they, for sure. They, well, for twenty minutes, yeah. they, they look like uh, an NBA team yesterday against Miami for mm-hmm. twenty minutes. And Villanova, all they do is win. Jay Wright, right? Fantastic. Boy, they got a great, they got a great guard. Oh, he's so good. Plural. Colin Gillespie, well, he's just... so smart. They're twenty and three since twenty sixteen in the tournament. Well, let that marinate a second. Twenty and stinking three, have won two of them. It's gonna be great, man. Really is. The whole week's gonna be awesome. Pulse of the people going to be interesting in this league, though. Carolina Duke fan bases till Saturday night. Pulse of the people. I sense the pucker factor will be at an all-time high. For both? Yep. For, I'm talking about the fans. I'm not talking about the players. I, they can't wait to go play. I think I think there's some fans on both sides that will be like, yay, 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 yay. I can't bear to watch. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I love these games. I do. I love them. And you know what's uh, going to be funny, too? Huh. There are going to be a lot of folks that go, in fact, I had some people even send notes yesterday. Man, I feel bad for Villanova in Kansas. I'm like, why is that? Well, nobody's going to talk about them. There are going to be plenty of people talking about Kansas, Villanova. That is a great game. I just wish Justin Moore was 100% for Villanova. That's a yeah. big loss. That is. That's a bit. You want the best players playing, man. Yep. Uh, should be fun. Also, the first time I think the Superdome has hosted this event with the uh, – the NCAA purchased bleaching digital bleacher section where they can stretch the floor out all over the building, put it in the middle on the stage and stretch the floor out. Be interesting to see how many human beings they can get in that building. Well, there's only about two or three spots, in my opinion, that should host the NCAA Final Four every year. I mean, in a rotation. Yeah. This is one of them. New Orleans, Indianapolis, the, uh, San Antonio. San Antonio. Pretty you, good. If you just cut it to those three, I'd be fine with it. I'd be fine with it. Yeah. New Orleans, the bigger the party, more people, the bigger the party, the better that town yeah. is, man. Great food, good times. They know what they're doing. That'd yeah. be a great spot. The, uh, <laughs> I got to tell you, in New Orleans, they don't need a big reason to have a party. They just have one anyway. But now when they have a reason, they can do it big. And like I said, you got four royalties rolling in there. Yeah, That's why, I, again, no disrespect to the good folks at St. Peter's. Clancy's, folks. Call early. Get your reservations. Is that your go-to? It's a good one, boy. Clancy's. It's Ooh. hard to find a bad meal. Whew. And you got to work hard to find a bad meal in New Orleans. Clancy's is some kind of good. All right, sit tight. On the other side, we will look ahead to kind of the numbers on this and the ACC. In January, there were a lot of things said that people are putting the backup button on, kind of in reverse on things said. Miami's historic run comes to an end and more. We'll touch on it next. Packer and Durham on ACC Network. The Packer and Durham Podcast. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Durham this morning, 10 o'clock. We'll take you to Chapel Hill for North Carolina's Pro Day. Sam Howell's the headliner there, and apparently – because he's very, he's thought of to be the third quarterback taken in the draft behind Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis. There are a lot of interest from the NFL, so a lot above average number of uh, GMs and coaches and OCs will be on hand. 
to watch Sam Howell. Jeremiah Gimmel also involved in this pro day. So is Ty Chandler. Uh, comes up next, Jordan Cornette with uh, Mark Richt, EJ Manuel, Eric McLean, and more, uh, including um, Jordan Reed, uh, one of our ESPN NFL draft analysts as well. So looking forward to that. 10 o'clock ACC Network streaming live on the ESPN app. Sounds like we're bringing our pros to that one. Mm-hmm. All the heavy artillery to watch number seven shoot it down the field. It's an interesting quick note. The interesting part about Sam Howell's situation is you'd say there's a lot riding today. He did pretty well at the combine, clearly set himself in there. There is this uh, conversation that's taking place as, as we go to the draft involving obviously Kenny Pickett and Sam Howell from the ACC, but quarterbacks – because you've got Matt Corral, you've got uh, Desmond Ritter at Cincinnati, you've got Sam Howell. They're all kind of in this little next line behind the Kenny Pickett-Malik Willis thing. The curious part is, normally we'd have these conversations like we did last year in the top, what, 10 picks of the draft? This year that conversation is expected to potentially begin with the Carolina Panthers, your Carolina Panthers. Yeah, because i got a house for Kenny already right down the street. (laughs) Well, you might be able to sell it to Malik Willis. I don't know. But the idea that the draft for the quarterback is going to start a little, you know, behind, not early like it was last year, but we're going to start at six, and it could stretch to like 40 for four or five guys. That's the interesting part, the width of this as opposed to the condensed, you know, here are three quarterbacks in the first, what, seven picks or something like it was last year. Are we going to waste time on uh, Sam Howell's hand size on this, or are we good on that? I think he's, uh, I think he's around nine, so probably not. Kenny Pickett, we got to talk about the hands. I love what Pat Narduzzi told us. He's like, what a bunch of nonsense. Yeah, hey, congratulations to Pat Narduzzi this morning. Going to need bigger hands, hold all that cash. (laughs) That's exactly right. Going to need some help getting that money in the trunk. He can probably hold two Packer and Durham mugs. Narduzzi signing a new deal, by the way, to Coach Pitt. The contract takes him through at least, at least 2030. So, anyway, there we are. All right. The ACC, here come the numbers. What does Pac tell you in the show today? March matters, right? So all the people that had exaggerated the death of the Atlantic Coast Conference in basketball. You know who you are. Listen up. Uh, I was messing around with numbers, of course, like I like to do from time to time. And uh, here's a little one that you can impress your friends with. Uh, Power six leagues, right? Got uh, six conferences. That constitute, in my opinion, the power yeah. six. Throw the Big in East hoops. in there, right? Because of the Big East, you yep. have to. Because yep, Villanova's been so good. UConn's been good in mm-hmm. terms of winning titles. Louisville at the time in the Big East. Right. Uh, so how did you do against the big boys in this tournament? Power six versus power six. How did you do on the men's side in March? ACC won 11 games against those dudes. Big 12 won eight. And then it just falls off the cliff. Big East won three, Big Ten won two, Pac-12 won one, and the SEC, you get parting gifts. You haven't won a single game against anybody in the Power Six. It's going to be tough to get won. three teams in the Final Four doing that. Now we got some folks uh, talking heads, talking about three Final Four teams, but unfortunately uh, the SEC did not win a single game in this tournament against anybody in the Power Six. Uh, now we go on the uh, flip side about losses. Oh, hey. Losses. Okay. Uh, the SEC did do an outstanding job. Uh, losing six. They only had six in, and they all are out on the couch watching. Uh, you go through the rest of this league. Uh, the ACC's at the three spot there. Three losses for the ACC against the Power Six. They're 13-3 and three in March Madness. I will point out the three losses 
were all to the Big 12. Mm. Every one of them. Wow. Kansas is still alive. Yeah, they the are. Side. Yep. Just saying. So there you go. There's but Iowa numbers. State and Texas Tech showing the door. There we go. Should be fun. Like mm. I said, we'll talk more about the uh, Final Four. Again, the night the ladies put the finishing touches. We only have two one seeds who've moved on, Stanford and South Carolina. Mm. Do two more one seeds move on tonight? NC State, 7 p.m. against UConn. Louisville, one seed, taking on Michigan tonight at 9 p.m. Uh, before we get to the break, Carlos Boozer coming up here in a couple minutes. Uh, a word about Jim Laranega in Miami, who lost to Kansas yesterday, uh, 76-50 to 50 the final at United Center in Chicago. Uh, a terrific year uh, for the Hurricanes, their first ever bid to the Elite Eight. But you can't discount the job that Laranega did with this Miami team. The combination of the guards – uh, stayed healthy virtually all year long, and at the end of the year uh, found themselves upset win against Auburn, doubled down, beat Iowa State the other night, and then um, just a bad second half yesterday cost them in the ballgame against Kansas. But there's no getting around the fact that Miami had another spectacular campaign for Jim Laranega, and he's had a handful of them in his tenure at Coral Well, as Gables. he pointed out, I mean, Elite Eight this year, they've been mm-hmm. the three sweet, uh, three sweet 16s in the last nine seasons. He's done a tremendous job. Yep. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're disappointed losing. Nobody was happy about losing any games, but they got outplayed in the second half yesterday yep. against the one seed. I thought Kansas was fantastic. Maybe been, might have been their best 20 minutes of the year. Uh, but they're up six at the half, and life was pretty good. And Charlie Moore was in foul trouble, and you're still up six at the half. He went out to see him out there. Uh, but at the end of the day, you look back at the season ago. Did we have a su- successful year at Miami? Without a doubt, based yep. on preseason expectations, in which they were picked twelfth, I think it was, by the ACC media. Uh, for a team like that to have the season they did in the regular season, and in this run, first time ever in the Elite Eight, tremendous, great year yeah. for Miami. Uh, Cam McGusty had 77 points in the NCAA tournament, most ever by a Miami player in the event. We had a good time with him this year, too. Oh, terrific kid. All those guys were good to talk to. Terrific kid. So our congratulations to Miami. Never easy at the end, but uh, you boys can be proud of a big year. A big year in Coral Gables and setting the table for a bright future as well. When we come back, speaking of Miami, we're off to South Florida. Number four joins us next. Carlos Boozer knows what it's like to cut the nets down. He'll talk about that experience and more next on Packer and Durham. Packer and Durham. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. This isn't part of the program. This is impromptu by me. I'm sorry about this afternoon. That, no, please, no, please, everyone be quiet. Let me just say, it's unacceptable. Today was unacceptable, but the season has been very acceptable. And I'll tell you, the season isn't over, all right? It's on, boys and girls. I want to ask Booze, though, if that's what it's like to get admonished by the coaches. No, no, no. Let me say something. <laughs> right? I know that feeling. Happens to me almost every day here in this house. 
Uh, Carlos Boozer live from South Florida this morning. If you're looking for the best backdrop on the show, there it is, kids. It's not the basement in Charlotte. <laughs> it's uh, Chateau Boozer, as they say. Pretty strong. Uh, good morning. How you doing? Morning, guys. Feeling great, man. How you guys doing? We're good. All right. Wait, wait, wait. You're not in Gastonia, North Carolina, are you? <laughs> No, no, he's not. Not today, not today. today? He's not in Creedmoor either. Uh, Hey, when Kay did that the night of the last home game, is that what it's like to have the coach call you out and practice a little bit? Hey, hey, be quiet, da-da-da, I'm talking here. Is that what it's like? I mean, he holds a great command, right? Like the respect is given uh, because of what he's accomplished. So, you know, clearly that game, Duke was winning the whole game. And they had trouble with the double high pick and roll late in that game and gave up a lead and lost a big game, you know, obviously at the, at the, at the end of the season there. And for Coach being that last game in Cameron, that was, that was a tough moment, you know. But all of us were there. You know, we support. And this team has, has really galvanized, circled the wagons. And obviously, they lost that tough championship game in the ACC tournament to Virginia Tech, who was one of the hottest teams in the country at the time. And they've been rolling ever since that game. They, they look like a, they're playing at a championship level. Guys are stepping up. Jeremy Roach has been so spectacular. Mark Williams, Defensive Player of the Year, has been incredible. Paolo's been as great as always. Wendell's been our steady leader. Uh, we, we saw Trevor Keel step up last game. And A.J. Griffin's been the surprise of the season. So those guys are all stepping up to the, to the championship level on offense and defense, and it's good to see. Carlos, how much would you give – for the chance to play in this game if you were in your prime. I'm oh. not saying that you're not, but how much would you hey, – hey, oh. you've got disposable income. What would you write to say, guess what? I'm going to give you a check for payable to to have a chance to play 40 minutes against Carolina in the national semifinal New Orleans. What, what kind of price what, – what kind of check we write for that? Listen, you guys can keep all my NIL money that I should have got when I was in college, and I would love to go out and just dominate, dominate the Final Four for Coach K's last Final Four. Man, what a what a what a great opportunity for these guys, though. Like I, even everybody, but especially the guys in that Duke uniform. What a great opportunity to to etch your name in the history books, like truly storybook story, where Coach is going to play against Carolina in the semifinal game. And, and with hopes of getting to a championship game and winning the title in New Orleans. Uh, what, a, what a great what, – what, you couldn't write it up any better than this, right? So if I was those guys, and, I'm, and, and I can only speak as a, as a former player in this, in this moment, I would love to be in this game and get a chance to, to, to put that Duke uniform on uh, for two more games for Coach K. Booz, here's the interesting part about this. And I know some former players at Duke and more, few more former players at Carolina – the, the connection between the two schools that developed kind of about five years before you arrived in Durham to now is a lot different than the guys that played 50 and 60 years ago. It's just different. AAU had a lot to do with it. Coach K's arrival in the 80s, starting to recruit similar players, you know, Danny Ferry being the most notable first one. But, but here's the thing. You got guys that played in your era, guys that played five years ago, ten years ago, that feel the exact same way on both sides today. And really, and I thought about this this morning on the drive over here to the basement, these two guys, the rosters of these teams, this team at Carolina, this team at Duke, they set themselves apart from the rest of you cats now. 
because they're getting to do something you guys never did. This is not the pickup game at the card gym. This isn't you guys going over there to Smith Center to play pickup ball in July that nobody ever knows about until like three or four years later. This is not you guys hanging out in Franklin Street or doing y'all's thing. These guys on these two teams are walking to a different path that this rivalry's never been to. I think that plays a, a bit of a role on Saturday night somehow. Oh, it's a monumental role. You think of the history of, of, of the ACC tournament and all the Duke and legendary North Carolina games that we've seen over the years, and they've never played in a tournament. They got close, I think, in 91. Right. Kansas beat Carolina. Duke beat UNLV. So they could have met in the championship, but they didn't. Um, this is this is historic. You know, bottom line, exactly what you said. This is one of those bragging right type of games for the rest of for the rest of history. Mm-hmm. So these these two teams getting a chance to play each other for the first time in the tournament, and it happens to be in the Final Four, and it's Coach K's last Final Four. Right, a, a monumental man, a monumental. What a great moment. So I'm, I'm look. I'll be there. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be there live and in action and uh, looking forward to seeing how it goes down. Carlos, why is this game different than the last time they played? You oh, tell boy. Me, why, why does Duke win this game against North Carolina? So, I, I was the great question. I, I was talking about this the other day um, on our show, Not the Bennett. And, you know, the, the great thing about the season during the course of the year, you get a chance to learn from your mistakes, right? So, Duke was winning that game. First of all, they blew him out at, at the, Dean's, the Dean Smith Center mm-hmm. by like 20 points. Carolina came back and won the game in, in Cameron on Coach K night by I think 11, 12, 13, 14, whatever the point was. But there was more games to be played, right? They go, they go to the ACC tournament. They play against VTech. They lose that game as well in the championship game. But there was more games to be played. So what does that mean? They got to go back in the lab, watch film, extensive film, on how they lost that game against Carolina down the stretch of that game, right? The double high pick and roll where Baycott was rolling to the middle and Manic was popping to the to the three-point line. They struggled with that action, and they ran that play over and over and over because Duke was having a hard time with it to the point where Coach felt he had to take Mark Williams out the game down the stretch of that game. So watching film of that, then going out on the practice court and practicing that action, the reason why I feel like Duke wins this game is because, one, they're playing better than they played all season offensively and, de- and defensively. Everybody's rolling. They're committed at the same time. Everybody's committed to both sides of the ball. They're playing their best defense right now. They're probably playing the best defense of, of anybody left in the tournament. And on top of that, everybody's bought, into, everybody's bought into their roles. There's no confusion. They're playing at a super high level. And – I tell you what, they're watching a lot of film this week because Coach K is the most detailed coach I've ever been around. That includes the NBA with some of the Hall of Fame coaches that I've that I played for. He's the most detailed guy, and there's no, there's no other guy more ready for this moment than Coach K. Booze, in some ways, uh, can you play loose Saturday night? Familiarity, I mean, all I the would. things you're just talking about. Can you play loose yeah. given the – given kind of what all this is leading up to, you know, Final Fours are different beasts anyway. The tournament's a yeah. different beast, and then the Final Four just takes it up two, three more levels. Can you play loose? I think you have to. I mean, there's, there's already built-in pressure. I, I gave the advice to these guys last night. Just literally get rid of the distractions. You know, let everybody in the front office take care of your tickets, your moms, your uncles, <laughs> your, your cousin Nene that wants to pull up all of a sudden because you made it to the Final Four. <laughs> Let everybody in the office take care of the tickets and the dist- don't go on Bourbon Street. Don't don't go get no beignets. You know what I mean? Like stay focused as best you can. Um, 
but you know, looking back 20 years ago, when when 2001, when we went to the Final Four, we played a Maryland team that was as good as any team in the country, and we were down 21 points in that game, mm-hmm. and we all got ourselves in a huddle. Coach K looked at every one of us and goes, "We're going to win this game." And then slowly, we cut the lead down. I think it was to like 11 or 10 at the half, and we came back and we won that game. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you got to play as loose as you can, despite all the pressure, despite all the distractions, despite everybody wanting your time. Focus on the game at hand. Get your rest. Get your reps in. Stay locked in, which these guys are. I mean, these four teams in the Final Four are the, are the, are the four best teams left in the country. So they're definitely a locked-in type of type of team. These guys are all focused on winning the championship. And so you got to stay as present as you can. Don't overthink it. You want athletes just to react. You want them to think the game and be cerebral and, and, and do, you know, acute things that's going to help you win the game. But you also want to play as loose as you can. And the team that does that, Usually cuts down the nets. Carlos, you mentioned uh, uh, why Duke's going to win the game. Uh, would you also agree that North Carolina is a much better basketball team than the one that dismantled Duke at Cameron Indoor? Yeah, Carolina's gotten a lot better, too. I mean, I, I've been saying this all year that Armando Baycott's one of the most – it's like we don't talk about him enough. He's had one of the most un- incredible seasons. Hubert Davis has been phenomenal all year. They started off real slow super inconsistent under a new voice. Then they turned the corner. They played very well. Obviously, they won that, that, that game at Cameron, lost to a, a super hot Virginia Tech team by like 20 points in the semifinal game. We almost had the ACC championship game to beat Duke Carolina. The Duke was waiting on them, but it didn't quite work out. But since the tournament started, they played, they played very well. Armando Baycat, again, one of the most dominant inside forces that we have in the country, 29 double-doubles, ACC record tied with Tim Duncan. You know, the, the guard play, R.J. Davis and Caleb Love have been phenomenal. Leaky Glass doing a great job locking down. And Manning really was one of the hottest players in the country coming into the last game against St. Pete. So, you know, the, the team is playing very, very, very well. And that's what makes this game so exciting, right? The, the, two, the two best teams in the ACC meeting in the Final Four are both playing their best basketball at the same time. And the other two teams are pretty good, too. So no matter who wins yeah, Saturday, Monday's sure. not a given, man, right? For sure. For sure. Kansas looked terrific yesterday. I really thought Miami was going to pull it out for our ACC squad, guys. It would have been cool to have three ACC teams in the Final Four. But it looked like the Jayhawks just turned the corner in that second half, and there was no looking back. All right, look, in your playing career at Duke, nobody ever doubted this conference. But now in your role as an analyst, you got to admit, it's one of the real nice comeback stories the league has made from January where everybody thought it was left for dead in the road and the and the automatic might get the only bid to putting two teams in the final four and three in the elite eight, Carlos? That's pretty stout. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about this all year, like the disrespect that the ACC has gotten. I don't know why it went down that way, but we got five teams in. We could have had six if Wake Forest would have made that last spot. They had a really good season as well. You got three really good teams in the elite eight, you know, and then we have two great teams in the final four. Like, everybody was talking about the Big 12 and the Big T- and all these other conferences. Well, guess what, guys? We got two amazing, historic, true blue blood colleges, universities in the Final Four. Legendary game. Like, we need to start nas- national, nationally. They need to start giving the ACC a lot more love. The teams are very good. Coaches are terrific. Players are – there's more and more players coming back, especially with the portal. And NIL, of course, I, I feel like the ACC needs to get a whole lot more love coming up next season. You know what? I say it all the time when it comes to narratives, though, Carlos. The only way yeah. to change a narrative is to win. 
And that is precisely what the ACC men's basketball teams have been doing in March. And you want to shut somebody up? That's how you shut somebody up. You, you don't. You don't need the rah-rahs. You don't need to, hey, let me give you a hot take. We're going to put three in the final. <laughs> hey, all that's garbage. When, Eric Musselman's the best coach in college basketball. Hurrah, that's a good one. You know, I, I heard that too. Yeah, that was total garbage. Uh, he's a really good coach, but what are we talking about? Um, the only way to change the narrative is to win. And when you go 13 and yeah. three, which is what the men have done, when you got two in the final four, you're guaranteed one in the national championship game. The easiest thing to do is you don't need a PR, you don't need a stunt, you don't need all that nonsense. Just go win, and that's precisely what's been going on the last couple of weeks. Great point. They dominated the ACC has dominated the tournament, men's and women's guys dominated the tournament. So let's let's put that out there. Let's put that narrative out there. Well, yeah. the women have you know again tonight NC State and Louisville have a Great chance games. to add their names, and again you don't yeah. need to talk it, just walk it. And uh, we'll see what the ladies do tonight, but a definite opportunity for the conference to have both two on the men's side and the women's side, the final four. Pretty impressive. Well, hey, even deeper than that, we, we may have, I mean, we, have, we may have two ACC teams win the national championships on both sides. That's right. That's exciting. Come on. The ACC has dominated the NCAA tournament. There you go. Hey, by the way, uh, Saw something on social media the other day. Uh, young boozers running up and down the floor, catching it coming off the rim and shoving it back down there. Tell you what, you better – travel. We're going to have to worry about you here pretty soon. You're not going to be available for television <laughs> hits. You're going to be walking around, you know, escorting young boozers on uh, opportunities uh, ahead of them. Oh, meanwhile, let's get some of number four catching it at U-Haul and setting it down. Look at this. Yeah, we, I, the, the, the twins are playing really well. The travel ball. Look at Jay Will with the dime. <laughs> I, I, listen, I play with some real good point guards, man. Chris Duan and Jay Will were spectacular for me. Made the Chris game Lane. really easy. Oh and, oh, and oh, by the way, Shane Batty wasn't too bad even. He's getting ready to say, what's Chris Lang doing trying to catch you in the lane on the post roll? What was that about? I mean, you know what? Honestly, we had some battles, man. Me and me and Batty A and, and Lang and, and Haywood had some good battles back in the day, man. But I want to remind y'all. We went seven and one in my three years. Oh, we lost one we game go. in Carolina in three years. So here we go. I, I like when I see Carolina on the menu. You know what I mean? Hey, let me tell you something. That's all fine and good. I'll give you a slow golf clap and <laughs> hey. all that because it all comes down to Saturday and bragging rights. That's me, all I know. Let me, let me just tell you something. New Orleans is going to be no place if you don't want to yeah. see old seven footers staring eye to eye at one another like you and B would see each other in the Superdome. Looking at, uh-huh, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Uh-huh, yeah. Absolutely, man. It's going to be fun. All right. Thanks, Carlos. Be well. Anytime, guys. I'll see you soon. All right. Yeah. Carlos Boozer. Uh, my goodness. He's right about that, though. The old guys will be in full effect this weekend. Old guys from back in the day. Get your Jeff Mullins and your Larry Browns all the way to your... No, when you've played 257 times and you've won as many ACC titles, and NCAA tournament games and national championships mm -hmm. and banners, 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 rings, rings, rings. Right. And the legendary games that these two have played. And you're getting ready to do something that's never been done before. That's right. Like I said, every box is checked with yep. these two programs when it comes to men's basketball, except for one. And that is, hey, I beat you in the NCAA tournament. Yep. That one's waiting to be determined on Saturday. That's why it's a big deal. Well, you guys just mentioned it. Two women's teams with a chance to punch the ticket tonight to the Final Four. We'll come back. NC State, UConn, Louisville, Michigan. Opportunity on the line there. 
and we get you ready for Sam Howell and North Carolina's Pro Day coming up top of the hour right after this on ACC Network. The Packer and Durham Podcast. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Hey, okay now. Sam Howell getting ready coming up 10 o'clock. Jordan Cornette, Mark Rick, Eric Manuel, or EJ Manuel, Eric McClain. EJ's real given name is Eric. Uh, oh, there it is, hand size. There we go. Look, oh Mac, God. you were right. Got the largest hands of any man That's I've ever seen. That's your hands, and then we're giving it, pick. writing it down. There we go. So we're going, oh, now we're going to do the reach up top. And I'd like a uh, button down, please, with a uh, double-breasted suit. Carolina Panthers guy's like, uh, Sam, uh, need to double-check here. You know we're picking sixth. Uh, all this and more coming up with Sam Howell. <laughs> and apparently Jeremiah Gimmel and Ty Chandler as well. Everybody will be there, including Jordan Reed as well, who uh, handles some of the draft analysis for ESPN. Looking forward to all that coming up top of the hour. I want to make sure to see if that's all been see if it's been posted yet here real quick as to the hand size of uh <laughs> I mean seriously. I look I don't understand it. I, I've been been blessed and fortunate to do the National Football League on radio for eighteen years, and I can tell you the measurables still factor in. It's amazing. That's why the underwear Olympics in Indianapolis every year always fascinate me. What's his leg does, size? Does looking, at, does looking at tape in the actual football game ever come into play? Oh, yeah. Well, but I, I had a GM one time years ago from another franchise tell me he was at a Georgia Tech game. He said, I got to go down on the field before the game. It's been nice to visit with us. So I appreciate this. Yeah, I got to see the I got to see the legs on this quarterback. Okay. <laughs> Just, he was looking for something with legs. Just wanted to see the legs on the I, I suggest that the quarterback should have legs. It's always helpful, yeah. A couple of chances tonight for the ACC to add to the till. Two teams in the men's Final Four and a chance for two on the ladies' side. The top seed, NC State, goes to UConn tonight. Not really, but Bridgeport close enough. 7 o'clock on ESPN for that one, huh? Muffet doesn't like the Wolfpack's chances. No, and I get it. UConn is heavy on the experience tonight. She thought Kunane would be a bit of a wash inside, really going to depend on that perimeter shooting we talked about in the second half from uh, Saturday's win against Notre Dame. It's the game, though, that since the brackets were released two weeks ago, you circled it. You just said woulda, coulda, and shoulda. If they both get there, man alive, did did the committee do NC State an injustice? Well, guess what? One and two are going to see each other in the game that we've all talked Mm -hmm. about. So. Uh, like I say, you can't backdoor your way to a national championship. I don't care what the sport is. you got to go beat really good teams, and you are going to have to dethrone UConn and all their greatness and tradition yep. and history in their backyard. But I assure you, uh, unlike the Oscars last night, nobody's walking in from the stage onto the stage to do something about it. Right? <laughs> Will Smith slapped old Chris Rock right across the face last night. That will not happen tonight in that game. Right. The fans will stay where they are. They'll scream, they'll yell at you, but if you're NC State, you know what? You're built for the moment. We'll see where it goes tonight. 9 o'clock, off to Wichita, we'll send you on ESPN to see Louisville and Michigan. I thought Muffet gave us some great insight on the one-versus-three game out there tonight because, Pac, it may come down to Michigan's inability to hit threes and Louisville's ability to hit threes, in particular Haley Van Lith. Well, Haley Van Lith, Chester's favorite, has been smoking. I mean, she has been red 
hot yep. in the tournament. And Louisville uh, won't have to worry about crowd noise or Michigan putting 20,000 seats in the stands or anything along those lines. Louisville's played really well. Yep. I mean, ever since the ACC hiccup against Miami, they seemingly have had the, the brackets breaking just right for them. They're playing well. Uh, boy, I'd love to be sitting in here tomorrow talking about two ACC teams in the Final Four for the ladies just like we are with the men. be awesome. Well, wouldn't it? Really be great. Oh, it's been one of the best years ever in ACC women's basketball start to finish. Let's hope it doesn't finish tonight. We can advance a couple more on to uh, Minneapolis and uh, Target Center for the Final Four. Right? Good stuff, man. So that's what we yep. love about sports. I mean, you got great matchups when it matters the most. All right, off to a uh, off to a great start on a Monday. We're back tomorrow morning. Thanks to Muffet McGraw and Carlos Boozer for spending some time with us. Uh, we'll continue to focus on Duke and Carolina, certainly on the men's side. We'll see how the women play out tomorrow. And we got more pro days. Carolina today, NC State's pro day is tomorrow. Iki Iquanu, who's expected to be a top three pick, going through drills, by the way, tomorrow in Raleigh. Got big hands, too, so it should be good. <laughs> Thanks to Drew Brooks, Brian Eyes, Chrissy Velez. Great day. Packer and Durham, start your morning tomorrow at 7 a.m. right here on ACC Network. Take care. Tune into Packer and Durham weekday mornings from 7 to 10 Eastern for the best conversations about everything from the ACC. Find it on the ACC Network, Sirius XM Channel 371, and streaming on the ESPN app.